When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle United. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. And just in case you missed it, Newcastle's FA Cup dream is over for another season. Dumped out at the quarterfinal stage by Manchester City, thanks to goals from Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. I'm joined by Kieran Kelly and Mark Douglas. And it's over to you, Mark. I'm going to come first. Just sum up how you viewed today's game. I was just desperately disappointing, really. I think we knew that it was going to be... Um you know, it wasn't going to be the same kind of game we we're anticipating all the way back in um, March, wasn't it? When when the game was originally meant to be played. Um, but even then, I think just given the build-up, given the way that the game was supposed to sort of happen, you know, the way that Newcastle had spoken about going through this season in the, in the FA Cup, it just didn't feel that way from the start. Really, it, it was a strange, um, strange formation, strange selection. Um, and I think against the Man City team that obviously felt wounded by losing the title to Liverpool, they were just never in it. It was so flat. It, uh, you know, let's be honest, barring the Sheffield United game, it really, you know, Newcastle, like the rest of the Premier League, haven't really, you know, it doesn't feel quite as quite the same as it did before and before this started. But today was just, it was just a, a massive disappointment. They were always going to be up against it, I think, against... Manchester City and a totally different dynamic because there's no fans in the ground but even then you know you'd have felt they would have maybe done a little bit better in the first half um, the Dwight Gale miss changes everything um, I think it would have changed the dynamic again but you know really probably men against boys a little bit was the feeling you know, um, which unfortunately has been the case too many times against Manchester City in recent years uh, Kieran, do you think that the way they set up was it was it the right way to go about it? You know, given we know what City can do on the ball, we know the the attackers they have. Was it the right way to go about it? Five at the back. Um, I, I expected it, and whether it's right, I, mean, I think to have gone with four at the back, I personally would have thought that was a risk. Um, I think they needed that extra bit of stability at the back but the problem is when you play that formation this is the reason why you change was they they struggled to create with it and they just got deeper and deeper and while that happened in November as well Newcastle when they had Shelby you could obviously get the ball quickly to Sam Maxman and Almiron and they had a bit more um, with their feeding off the energy of the crowd I think today was one of those where you know, had this game as Mark said been played in March with the crowd, with the place bouncing. Um, I think that this is the one game where I, I would have felt they would have taken a lot from the crowd, but that's not an excuse. I think the 
they were too passive um, and while they kind of there have been games you know when they played some of the top teams in the country you think of Chelsea at home where they soaked and soaked and soaked and then hit a sucker punch at the end it just felt this was different you could feel City turning the screw but I think the frustration for me is obviously the the two big moments are um, come from from Newcastle where you think of the share push after you know riding their luck for 35 minutes but if you get into halftime nil nil uh, you know that would have felt like an achievement and then of course Gales miss when probably if there was one person Bruce would have wanted in that position on Mark six years that was probably him but it's just such a a big miss literally a minute later City go and score and that's that's the difference in in quality I don't think anyone needs reminding but they're miles off City at the moment and you can probably see why you know the way they had to approach the game the way you know you're, you're relying on Sam Maxman who, who didn't really have much of a sniff and it, yeah it, it just it, it was just a, probably a reminder I think after Sheffield United maybe we you know, I certainly felt more encouraged going into the games against Villa Man City, but I think this has brought uh, a lot of people back down to earth and kind of just put the takeover picture back under uh, the spotlight. Not that it had gone away, but it's just kind of a reminder that Newcastle need a lot to, to move up to the next level. Half time, Mark, I messaged you and I was a little bit, I think fizzing is the right word. I think a lot of people on Twitter were as well. I just felt like Newcastle invited City on too much and I get the whole playing five at the back you absorb the pressure and you hit them on the counter but it just seemed to me like they were showing them a bit too much respect they were kind of I don't want to say fear in them but I wasn't impressed at all um, with that first half and obviously we can talk about Cher and it was it was so clumsy and it you know and they only went in one nil down but I just felt it was too easy for City in many ways. Like the game plan was was literally it was written in the stars. We all knew what was going to happen, and I don't know is is it is it unfair to say it was it was too easy for City in that first half? I think I think the problem is for for for, for Steve Bruce, you know, similar to Rafa Benitez, the, the game plan with Manchester City is is has been to defend, make it difficult for them. Um, and it, it's worked, you know. I mean, I, I think I tweeted before the game that they, you know, I think that they've won. They've not. I think they've only won one in four or one in five. I think at St James's Park, Manchester City, and Newcastle have done that by making themselves difficult to beat. And I think the idea is that you you try and disrupt them a little bit more in midfield. You, you, you sit back, but you you know you don't let them pass the ball in front of you. you don't let them create the amount of chances they've got. It, you know, for all the Steve, for, for all the Rafa Benitez was was criticised for it. You know, a couple of Christmases ago when he did it. To be fair, they did manage to hold Manchester City off. They, they didn't create as many chances as they did tonight. I think the big problem for Newcastle's night was they just weren't at it. It wasn't the right midfield mix at all. I think if Shelby had been in there, I think you know it might have been a little bit different. Sean Longstaff just hasn't been the same player this season, and he just didn't. You know, I don't think he was able to disrupt the game as much as we wanted him to. Shelby would have maybe given them something to worry about because he he you know he's able to get the ball and hit a man um, which Newcastle just weren't able to do in the first half I, I mean you know I think we can analyse until the cows come home but I think it is just the case of a vastly superior team playing an inferior one who possibly needed the sense of occasion and and what the crowd would have would have given them to maybe bring the two teams a bit closer together um, we needed Man City to have an off day which they didn't 
Um, we needed Newcastle to be at it and they weren't really. And this is what happens when, you know, a very good team play close to their peak and a pretty ordinary team probably drop below their level. You know, it it is what it is at the moment. You know, I think the problem is this is why we're all talking about the takeover because we know that Newcastle needs substantial investment to get to a point where they can they can compete with Newcastle in um, with Man City sorry on level terms that's what Rafa said when he was here um, he consistently said you know that, that I'm, I'm sort of fighting these teams with one hand behind my back because of the way that the club's set up um, and Steve Bruce you know, obviously doesn't say that in so many words but that is the case um, and you know I, I felt at the time in March with the way that the two teams were sort of playing and the momentum and crowd and all that but Newcastle would have given it a really good go on a Saturday night um, but I just never felt that they really had anywhere near as much of a chance tonight in front of um, an empty stadium it was always going to be Manchester City's night tonight Ewan, I don't know if you caught the uh, the Steve Bruce's pre-match notes uh, this, the digital programme still goes out and you can read that on the club website but to me they just felt a little bit again defeatist before we even start and then you know, it's kind of, let's hope and see what happens. Um, now, we don't know what went on, like, in the dressing room. We, we assume he's motivating the players and, and, and giving them all the encouragement. But um, do, do you think Steve Bruce maybe played down Newcastle's chances too much, maybe in what he said in, in his pre-match notes? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the by nature of those notes, they're always a, a bit respectful. I think in it's a tough one for him, isn't it? Because... Um, not many managers of a 14th place Premier League team are, are bullish going into a, a quarterfinal, particularly in these weird circumstances. I think certainly he would have been deflated going into this, not having the crowd because it was already a, a tough draw uh, when it was made all those moons ago. And then you add that factor in. I think is he, I don't think he, he would have set up the team to, to just sit and sit and sit. Um, but the worry for me was just you know, Almiron and so Maxim, the two live wires just weren't in the game. If they're not in the game, I think we know by now Newcastle don't really have an unpredictable outlet. You know, you have Andy Carroll, who, to be fair, won some good free kicks. But I thought it was such a, a perfect example when uh, he won a good free kick, I think 20 yards from goal, 20 minutes in, released a bit of pressure. City put a really high line and Longstaff just hits it out of play. I kind of thought that sums up the game really. Um, that that bit of quality, that bit of nous, um, having you know, a, I'm sure they would have been briefed that that's the way City defend free kicks. Yet they didn't seem to have a, an idea of how to get around it. So I think it's you know, as we've said, if X player was playing or Y player was playing, or you know, would it have made a real difference? I think City were you know, if you play that game. 10 times in a row they'd win it nine times you know they were they were that good today and um you know it, it, it's quite scary i think they didn't have aguero who is bloody brilliant against newcastle they didn't have fernandinho at the back um so you know in some ways as much as this was a bad time for newcastle to have this game it was a good time to play city in, in a weird way as well you know they but i think the key thing for me is that they it's been 14 years since they got to this stage. They can't let that happen again. They have to use this as a springboard somehow into next season. Um, but the uncertainty around the club, I think, is coming to sharp focus now because 
the rest of the season, you know, effectively they're safe. They're on 39 points, aren't they? There's seven games to go and it just feels like, well, they can't just go on their holidays. You'd hope that they can, you know, somehow make that push for the top 10. But for me, everything just depends on this big decision for the Premier League now. And you really do hope it comes uh, next month at the very least because uh, how Newcastle can really push on if all they can do is sign free transfers uh, with all due respect, they're, they're going to need, you know, two or three players at the level of Almiron and Sam Maxman to, to kind of build on what they've done now. And um, I don't think even Steve Bruce would think you, you can get them in the free transfer market at the moment. So um, that for me is <laughs> the big issue. Mark, is there an argument that this is a, this kind of, this sort of game is totally different to a Premier League game where, you you know, you've got 90 minutes to go out and, well, effectively get into the semi-finals. So, for all you can set up and try and absorb it, and then hit them on the counter. Re- really, it is just it's one game, and you know maybe if you're two 0 down at half time, but you've you've thrown caution to the wind a little bit more. The argument is that maybe fans won't be happier, but they can accept it more. Is that is that an argument you 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 would accept or? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think so. And 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 to be fair, you know, I think that's that's one of the things that, that in this in this run that's kind of kept Newcastle fans, you know, engaged with it is that you know the, the teams have been the generally speaking the best teams that they could pick. He's been true to his true to his word on that. I think what's frustrated people tonight today is that you know they don't seem to have really gone out on their sword. Sorry, they don't haven't gone out on the shield at all. They've they've sort of had a bit of a go they've tried to play it tactically hope that they could hang in the game for long enough to, to maybe nick something um, maybe they'd, maybe they'd, yeah, like you said really was this was this a day just to throw caution to the wind a little bit I think the nature of it being a, a cup you know a cup game pretty much seasons over in terms of safety I think they're pretty safe pretty much safe now so it was the only this was the game that mattered and I think that, that probably is why a lot of people are disappointed tonight. But you know, let's be honest, it's not changed anything in terms of um in terms of people's preconceptions about where the club is at the moment, about the manager, about the owner and all those things. It's it's probably, let's be honest, just reinforced a lot of those things. And you know, the, the, I mean there was a great montage at the start of the BBC match of the day programme, wasn't there, with sort of the years of hurt and it really you know on another day that would have really got you up for it but I thought today felt it just didn't have that edge that it needed to have and that was largely because fans aren't there um, and, and I think you know they were relying on that to be honest with you because I, I just didn't see any way even if they'd have gone for it that they were going to win today because um, they, they just came up against a better team I mean who would you have played today you know, Newcastle just don't have the resources to, to really disrupt Manchester City at the moment. You know, I know they did. They, they beat them last season. That was a Herculean effort and Man City didn't play very well that day either. Today, I think, I do think, you know, Newcastle just need the takeover to happen or they need some change of ownership some, some way or form um, so that we can just kind of move on from, from the fag end of the Ashley regime because, you know, it's clear that the club aren't really going anywhere under him. Um, and they need to, um, you know, they need to move on from it. I don't know if it's my laptop, but someone does sound like they're taking off. So, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <maybe I'll> call <laughs> probably mine. <laughs> um, Ewan, 
just then sum up that Dwight Gale effort because, you know, he comes on and straight away he's causing a little bit of chaos. He nearly nicks it from Mendy just before that. Um, and then the ball comes to him in the middle of the box. And, oh, I mean, you could the collective groans from all over Tyneside and the northeast. I mean, yeah, just devastating to see it flash over the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's so hard to create a chance. Um, so when City literally gift you one, you know, it's, it's it shows, you know, as you were saying earlier, when you're a bit on the front foot, when you're putting their defenders under pressure, they, they don't really like it. And, you know, at the very least, I thought Newcastle could have taken some confidence from that, you know, but literally a minute later, Sterling with an amazing goal. So, yeah, it's a shame. Like I said, with Gail, you know, would have taken so much from that Villa goal, you know, a very similar scenario where he comes on and 94 seconds later, he has a, a really good chance. He put that one away, which is hard to be harder. And this one, um, oh, it's, it's, you're wondering, you know, in, in the six-yard box, as I said, Bruce would have wanted him more than probably Joe Linton or Andy Carroll or anyone else to be in that position. And, um, yeah, uh, you could say, oh, he warmed up enough, but the Villa goal proves that he doesn't need, you know, much to, to come on and make an impact when he has an opportunity like that. So it just it turned the game, and um, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll be getting abused for that necessarily. Because let's be honest, um, it didn't just come down to that. You know, um, there were City, you know, for it to finish two 0 probably in some ways flattered Newcastle at times. You know, it could have been a lot worse and. Um, but I, I think it just reinforces that gap between the two sides that out of nothing Sterling can go down one end score an amazing goal at the other end Gale has a really presentable opportunity and on this occasion he, he skies it and that's that's the gap you know um, Newcastle still don't have that kind of 15 goal a season centre forward they need and that's probably going to be the priority whoever the owner is going to be is somehow finding someone who can come in and and do that and I don't know if they necessarily have that at the moment I think it's still quite shocking when you look at the amount of goals the forwards have scored um, and that's been the difference between you know this season being I suppose um, you know mid-table and, and then potentially just pushing into the top 10 so yeah that's I don't think we've we've learned a lot from them how blunt they were today. But as I said, a week on from Sheffield United, it was it was it was a big difference. But again, they had ten men. Sheffield United have been in free fall, so maybe it should be a kind of a balance between this game and that game is where Newcastle are at right now. What were you surprised to see? I mean, you running to Maxman uh, go off. I mean, to Maxman off with fifteen minutes to go. Um, was it a case that you think that maybe St. Maxim was just knackered and, you know, you then turn to the game on Wednesday against Bournemouth and you think, right, let's go for the three points there? Or would you have liked to see maybe St. Maxim stay on and, and Newcastle at least try and get one goal back and maybe, you know, a late a late show right towards the end? Yeah, I, I felt like, I felt like it was, it, to me, it felt like there was, yeah, maybe, maybe he's, he's approaching his red zone, you know, the, the, that's going to have to manage him quite quite carefully I think in terms of the amount of games he, he, he's playing and I felt like at that point that, that maybe it was done with an eye on you know the programme coming up because obviously they've got 
they're playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, aren't they, for the next few next few few weeks. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was if that was the reason why it was done. I, I felt he didn't really have his best game, but it, you know he was. I mean, how, how you know, he's got to get he's got to get the ball. He's got to he's got to be involved, and he just wasn't at all tonight. So yeah, I mean, you can quibble over over the kind of things that Steve Bruce has, has done in the last. Uh, you know, today and 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 whether he, you know, whether he made some some poor decisions. I mean, should he have really brought Andy Carroll off? You know, he was causing, he was causing a bit of you know, discomfort. Um, we saw that Carroll and Gale worked quite well together on um, on Wednesday as well. So maybe you should have left him on as well. But I mean, I do think that you know it's just a question of he got the tactics wrong from the start and then. Man City were just on it and were just ruthless. Newcastle just couldn't get in the game, um, and and I think if Sir Maximum had stayed on, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. To be honest with you, I, I don't think the substitutions were were, were were too bad. I think the Dwight Gale miss obviously changed changed the dynamic massively. But apart from that, um, you know, it was pretty much eighty eight minutes of um, Man City pressure, and in the end, it told. Yeah, indeed, Kieran. I'm going to challenge you then before I do, Mark, to leave with a positive <laughs> as a positive from that game you know, I thought Lazaro did alright when he came off the bench uh, Danny Rose um, you know put in a few good challenges as one particularly good one um, I think it was off Gabriel Jesus yeah, yeah with kind of an overhead click, click, click clearance um, but yeah for you what was the one positive that stood out I think um my, my thoughts are kind of with Carl Darlow before this game because um, I think a lot of us were, were obviously surprised that he got the nod and I kind of felt for him. I know the bloody hell the world's been put into perspective, but when football was suspended, I felt a bit for him because it was going to be his first run in the team for, for two years, I think, with Dubravka being injured. And I think, you know, you're just, just to see that, you know, uh, this didn't come down to a howler or a goalkeeping error or... You know, I thought he made some some important saves, and um, you know he's going to have to probably wait a long time to play uh, another cup game for Newcastle. So yeah, I think it, it, quite interesting what happens to their goalkeeping department now. Obviously, they have a new keeper coming in, a, a younger keeper, and um, you have Woodman in there as well, and you've you've Dubravka. So um, it's not much of a positive, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was it was good to see him play, and, and I agree with you with on Rose. It's probably one of Rose's best games for Newcastle. I think some fans have maybe been a bit underwhelmed at times by by some of the loan signings, but I think you can see with the run of games that he's starting to show that kind of international quality that uh, we know he has, and um, you know, it'd be really interesting to see what happens with him in the summer. Is he going to go on somewhere? somewhere abroad permanently or is there a chance Newcastle could keep them that'll be one to watch uh, Mark what did you make of Steve Bruce's comments finally on, on the takeover and, and wanting clarity um, it all looked like things were potentially going to start moving last week we're here again it didn't move last week so interesting that Steve Bruce has come out in it, in, and like Alan Shearer as well it's, it kind of said look we need an answer now um, we need some clarity and to get an answer one way or the other I think I think what I think what it reflects is the frustration that last week something didn't happen because I, I I do believe like I said on the podcast a week ago there was definitely a feeling within the group and within even I think even people around the club and um, you know others involved in this in this deal that there was going to be something 
last week there was going to be a decision very much massive confidence in the consortium that it would be done that they would get the they would get the approval and then the money would start to transfer and then this that feeling would, would have been that this would be the week when they'd finally be able to announce have all the you know the, the media things that they were going to do and and start talking about their plan for the football club and and maybe start answering back a few of the things that have been said about this deal since since the start. The fact that nothing was said, and I and I believe that you know they're back to kind of um, dealing you know, dealing with questions on on things as well. I think from, from back towards the end of last week suggests that you know there, there's that frustration there. I think you can go around the houses here, but you know I mean there was talk, wasn't there? There's been talk over the weekend that an email uh, so that Saudi Arabia. Um, sent an email that, that said, you know, all you have to do was email us and we could have tackled this this piracy issue. Supposedly that's, that's frustrated Premier League and this, that and the other. Look, I mean, this is ridiculous now. I, I, I can I can tell you that there's been millions spent on this now. There are, there are two PR agencies working for the consortium. There are PR agencies working and engaged for um, being sports uh, and, and and others involved in this in this takeover now there were you know there were people there were lawyers on money that everybody seems to be you know earning there's so much money has been spent on this so much time and effort has been spent on this now and it just feels to me look I understand due process has to be followed you have to get into the bottom of this but somewhere somebody is 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 just not you know there needs to be like Steve Bruce said clarity there needs to be at least a roadmap now towards a decision because at the moment we're just flailing you know it doesn't feel like there's any there's any certainty and I think Steve Bruce today he was reflecting the feeling within the football club which has been shared by the fans has been shared by the buyers the sellers that you know much more of this and Newcastle are going to be really harmed by it um I believe still that eventually this will get done. It will be, it will happen. Um, because if it doesn't happen, the first bite of the cherry. Remember, they've got leave to to appeal as well. So that would that would imply longer and longer and longer waiting for this to happen and longer waiting for these things to happen. Um, so we just need some kind of decision now. Really, I think we need to know what's going on. Um, it, it's frustrating for us because you know the, the source who told us last week. And it would happen is very well placed within the uh, consortium. He will know what's being said. He won't be misleading anybody. Um, those people around that group, they won't be misleading anybody. That you know, it's their firm belief what they're telling us. But it's not happening, and that suggests that either their read on it is not quite as good as it should be, or that the Premier League or people around this deal, this thing, are saying one thing, and then something else is happening. Um, and I know it's a difficult decision. I know it's going to lead to legal problems, whichever way it goes, and PR nightmares, whichever way it goes. But you know, have have a if you can't accept that somebody is going to come in who's obviously got very very mixed a lot of baggage coming in, then have rules in place before and don't allow them to do it. That's the that that should be don't allow it to get to this point. Where it is now, you know, if you're if you're suddenly going to have a situation where you know, certain people can't bid for football clubs because of either human rights or piracy or things like that, just cut it off at the pass. Don't let it get to this stage. And unfortunately, that's where we are now. 
and it's not it's not really good enough to be honest um you know hopefully premier league will realize how stupid this has made them look um, and i think you know the time is right to for a real root branch reform of the fo- of, of football but unfortunately i think we've probably moved beyond that and i think saudi arabia are probably going to come in at newcastle and we're all going to have to ask them some difficult questions um and but also we're going to get the I suppose the positive of having a new regime and um, people who are going to re- reinvigorate the football club. It'll be difficult questions for everybody when it when it happens, um, but also things to look forward to as well. Fingers crossed. And Kieran, just to wrap up, you share those sen- sentiments that we really just need an answer now. And uh, fans, manager, journalist, we all just want <laughs> uh, to get to the final destination. Yeah, yeah, my my feeling is that the Premier League just won't be rushed. I don't think it matters what Steve Bruce says or what we say or what the fans say. I think this is just insanely complex. And as Mark said, you know, they're, they're going to cover their backs. You know, if they do reject it, that, um, you know, it's watertight and if it is appealed that they, they've got something to stand on. So, yeah, it's, I, you know... I think every time you hear it might be next week. It, it just it just at times in, in a, a, a very different way. It just reminds me of previous takeover sagas where the, the buying group are always so confident. Why wouldn't you be? You're buying a, a club. You're not going to say, oh, Jesus, we're having a, a nightmare here. But I think we just are all at the stage where we just want to hear the Premier League say yes or no now. I think hearing that X is confident just doesn't mean anything to me anyway anymore. And I know that everyone's um, insight is, is valued in this, but like, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. You, you just want to hear the, the Premier League's verdict now. And um, I think we're, we're at that stage where every three days there's a new letter or yeah, it's always letters with takeovers. Um, but yeah, I think we're all long at the point now where we just want an answer. And I really hope just for the sake of Newcastle that it comes in the coming weeks because um, as I said earlier they've they've been planning for the new season you know in the months beforehand they don't necessarily know how the finances are going to look given the pandemic but they really need to you know it's Steve Bruce's first summer uh, properly in charge and that they really need to make a mark in the transfer market you know last summer was, was quite mixed they need to get those sign-ins right so it's it's really knowing which regime we're going to have. Um, I think that's going to be so important because if this drags on, say, another two months, say, uh, I have no doubt you could have a hangover carry on into the new season and then suddenly Newcastle are dragged into a relegation battle and alarm bells are ringing all over again. Any hint of kind of, not stability, but kind of consolidation that they may have had this season just goes out the window. So fingers crossed uh, it gets sorted one way or the other. Yes, fingers crossed that we get a decision sooner rather than later. Kieran, Mark, thanks for joining us. To those listening, we're going to hear from Lee Ryder after this very short break, so please do stay tuned for that. Lee, back from St James's Park, and unfortunately we are not celebrating Newcastle into the semi-final of the FA Cup. Quite a disappointing result, quite a disappointing performance, I thought, Uh, A lot of debate on Twitter and Facebook about the formation and tactics and the approach to this game. What did you make of the way Steve Bruce set up? I suppose there's two ways of looking at it, really, that they did look in the last two games. Up and down with the back four, obviously the Sheffield United game, 
there's no fault in that match at all against Aston Villa didn't quite work going in against Manchester City I think the fear was um, if they have a bad start and they've only got four at the back and they are all committing and Man City start picking them off suddenly if you're 2-0 two, two or 3-0 down after 20 minutes it's cup tie over and I think Steve Bruce said after the game he wanted to stay in the game for as long as possible and to be fair they were still in it the second half only by, by a thread really but Overall, back four, back five, they'll probably play them on the best teams in the world. It's amazing to think how far Liverpool were ahead of them, but the way they play, the way they go about their business, you've got to be on top of your game 100%, and you've got to pray that they're on an off day, and they simply weren't. So was it a case that Man City were just really good rather than Newcastle were really poor, or, as I suspect <laughs> you will say, Newcastle just had an off day, they were just not very good at all? I think Newcastle were actually poor. Man City were good, but then they, Newcastle were, were still poor as well because there was times where the passing was just off. And there was one point in the second half where St. Maximum got on the ball and started making a run, and no, nobody went with him. It was it was quite worrying to watch, and I don't think the crowd would have accepted that had they been there and I think they would have been on the backs a bit and they'd have maybe tried to, to lift and, and galvanise the team a little bit. I thought actually against Aston Villa when Newcastle were winning 1-0 that they needed the crowd because Villa were getting corner after corner and it was just, it didn't feel like a home game at all. Uh, today against Man City was similar because Man City started the game first 10 minutes fine next 10 fine and those the crowd would have actually been getting on the backs of Newcastle and getting in the faces of Man City and it makes such a big factor and I think that's what we're learning from all of this is that the 50,000 juries are so valuable to um to Steve Bruce and his team so can you see the argument from some fans that Newcastle should have just simply have gone for it a little bit more? This is 90 minutes. This is a chance to get to Wembley. This isn't a Premier League game where you've got several other games to pick up the points. This is one game to kind of, you know, achieve everything. Should Newcastle have gone for it a little bit more? Their game plan was to stay in the game. And to be fair, second half, 1-0 down, they're still in the game. And I think when they put Shearer in the midfield... That was Newcastle trying to go for it. Unfortunately, Sher had one of his, probably the worst game I've seen him play, and he's a talented player. Maybe he was a bit lacking match practice, I don't know, but that was poor from him tonight. And realistically, could they have gone for it anymore? Well, by the end of the game, I think, you know, they had, they'd thrown everything at it. They'd changed the centre forwards. I mean, Joel Linton was poor when he came on. Didn't, didn't get a kick, hardly. Um, Dwight Gale misses the chance um, I know Dwight Gale personally I know he'll be, he'll be hurting after that because that, that's the type of type of chance he's, he's crying out for during a game and, and he got it and even if he listened to the sound of the ball it, it was uh, it was just all wrong but it's it's so easy to, to say should have scored from when you're sitting watching it Um Maybe he wasn't expecting to get that much space. I mean, the defender falls over in front of him. Maybe he just wasn't expecting that. I don't know. But either way, 
it's a costly miss. Hopefully he can bounce back. We saw the return of the Longstaff brothers. Sean started Matty with his contract woes, came off the bench late on. What did you make of their return to the squad and the start lineup? Well, we waited a while to see the Longstaff brothers and Sean coming back into the team tonight. Um, again, possibly, you know, lacking match practice. That's a big game to come back into when you haven't played for three, three and a half months. Huge game, but um, not his best performance. But against a Man City team, when you're hardly going to get a kick, uh, it's, it's hard enough and, and coming back into it. But I'm sure he'd be the first one to say, if it was a bad performance, he'll be the first one to put his hand up and say, yeah, I got it wrong or I got it right. I, I don't know. We don't get the chance to interview the players after games at the moment because of the way things are. Uh, Matty Longstaff coming on. Uh, good good to see him back. A bit late in the game for him though. 2-0 down, 12 minutes left. Certainly not going to judge anyone on that. But uh, look, at the end of the day, Matty Longstaff could have left the club by now. Um, two days left of his contract. He could have refused to sign the, the short-term deal and refused to play to preserve himself for a new club. So... At least he's still here. There's still a chance to persuade him and uh, hopefully they get that one sorted. Annie Carroll got the nod the day he started in place of Jolinson. What did you make of his performance? Andy Carroll, I thought I thought that was going to be what we could hang our hats on a bit, to be totally honest. When he started edging into the game midway through the first half and winning a few free kicks and they were rattled, uh, Man City, by his presence, the defenders were complaining the referee etc but look it just it just wasn't it wasn't enough even his presence wasn't enough um they didn't get the ball to him quick enough and sadly um it wasn't his night he got booked and he'll have to move on from it but he's certainly sure now he can at least start a game play an hour of football and hopefully We'll see more from him in the last seven years. Just before I get your take on what Steve Bruce had to say about the impending sale of Newcastle United, let's hear to the head coach's post-match press conference when he was asked about what he wants from the Premier League. Now, a bit of clarity and answer one way or the other. This is what he had to say. Well, I think for everybody, everybody needs a bit of clarity, of course. And if I'm led to believe it is the Premier League that has stolen all of these negotiations, then... They've got to come and make a decision sooner or later, um, because it's not—it's not. You're right. It's not not healthy for anybody. So, um, but look, we've, as I said, for me, me personally, is we've got another game Wednesday. We'll give ourselves a wonderful opportunity. We can't use that as an excuse, but we need a bit of clarity on it and, and put to bed one way or the other. Bruce Tormont take over while he's probably saying what everybody is saying in Newcastle, isn't he? that we need clarity. We've, we've been waiting three and a half months nearly now for this and Premier League not budging. Um, are they worried about the reaction of the decision? We don't know because this has dragged on for so long now and the fans have waited so long. The bidding side keeps saying they're confident but then <clears throat> nothing materialises. So we just have to wait and see. Uh, I don't think the Premier League are the type to be pushed around, um, but by the same token, you know, the paying fan deserves to know what's happening next season. Newcastle, as a club, need to know one way or the other 
what's going on because of budgets. How are they going to plan? Who's going to be there next season? Who isn't? Um, they've already started doing some of it, but they need full clarification. Um, Steve Bruce just being honest, I think, being totally honest. And I think, he, to be fair, he's been pretty honest about most things this season. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But it's it's certainly one that, you know, the Premier League have got to tap someone on the shoulder and say yes or no. And then it'll be up to whoever um, is the owner to then pass on the information to the fans.